Hey, and welcome to this podcast by Chestnut Mountain Church, located in Flowery Branch, Georgia, where our mission is to saturate the world by making disciples. We invite you to check out our website at chestnutmountain.org and follow us on social on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at chestnutmtn underscore to learn more about who we are. There are also video episodes located on our YouTube channel, along with other content not on this podcast. This episode features a sermon replay from Sunday's message. Let's take a listen. You know, if you're anything like me, we're all entering into that that age where it's kind of like that midlife crisis starts to kind of get up on our shoulders, right? And if you know anything I'm talking about, many of you have experienced this, and maybe because of your midlife crisis, you've you've gone out and you know you've bought the latest greatest sports car, you've decided to do a new hairstyle, which I have. So I'm sitting there going, "Oh my god!" Maybe you decided to to get a new tattoo, or maybe you decided, "Okay, what's the the newest toy I can buy? What's the new ATV I can buy? What's the new UTV I can buy?" But the reality is a midlife crisis is something is nothing more than simply being bored with the routine and realizing that you've reached an age in your life that, that time is kind of running out and you're like, man, I better do something now or I'm not gonna have the ability to do it anymore. And in most cases, that something is always extreme. That something is always something that you would have never even thought about some 15 years ago. I stumbled across these quotes that it is referencing like midlife crisis stuff or when you're, you're getting to that age. And, and here's some of them I wanna share with you. And, and I don't wanna kind of wake a sleeping giant in you, so don't leave here today stepping into this midlife crisis or don't sit there and go, oh no, that's me. But here, here's some of those quotes that I found. It's awkward when father time catches up with mother nature. When you're home on a Saturday night and your phone rings and you hope it's not for you. It's frightening. The most frightening thing about a midlife crisis is that we'll one day grow out of it. (laughs) Y'all will catch that one later. Um, Middle age is when your broad mind and your narrow waist begin to change places. (laughs) Midlife crisis is when weightlifting consists of standing up. Middle age is when a guy turns off the lights for economical rather than romantic reasons. (laughs) That one's funny right there. If you didn't laugh, you may read that one again. When a man is always thinking that in a week or two, he will feel as good as ever. That's me right now, currently. But the truth is, is these midlife crises, these quotes that we're talking about is, it's all because change is coming. It's all because that we're, we're entering into new seasons of life and new directions. And, and a lot of times people journey into what we call a midlife crisis because they, they wanna do something out of the box. They wanna do something out of the ordinary. But what I want you all to realize is that anytime we take a step in that direction, to step into something that's out of the ordinary, it's gonna cause us to be very uncomfortable. 
And so what I wanna do is, is the funny thing is, is as I was praying of what to share today, I shared something very similar to this back in 2018, when the year, and if you realize that, I had only been here for like three months. And so it's funny how God will put things back into your, to your heart that, that have never changed. And this message still has not really changed a whole lot. But my prayer for us, and when I say us, I'm talking about us as a church family. My prayer for us in this upcoming year is that God is gonna throw things at us that make us very, very uncomfortable. I want God to make me uncomfortable. I want God to make you uncomfortable. And I believe with everything in me that if we will take a step into this new year and we will hope and pray that God does extreme things that make us uncomfortable, I believe that's what it's gonna take for us to see an extreme movement of God. And I don't know about you, but that's what I wanna be a part of. And when I share this, I, I, I'm gonna use that pronoun us as a, as a family. And as God calls us in this direction to make us uncomfortable, if this is the place that God has called you to call home, I want you to understand that if God is calling us as a church, then God's gonna call you as an individual to be uncomfortable because you're part of the team. You're part of what God is doing here. And so as God calls us as a church, God is going to call you as an individual to do extreme things. But I believe, as I said a moment ago, this is what it's gonna take for us to see an extreme movement of God. And so this morning, what I wanna do is go back and revisit a story that some may be familiar with. And it's the story of Elijah and Elisha, these Old Testament prophets. And, and what we know about Elijah is that he was reaching kind of the end of his journey, the, the end of his calling, the, the end of his ministry. And we see that God had used this faithful servant in many, many, many ways. And the very interesting thing about it is he's just defeated the prophets of Baal, He's just destroyed many of the false teachers and now all of a sudden he's receiving death threats and we know that he's, he's on the run for his life and he goes and he, he takes up residence in a cave because he's scared out of his mind of what is gonna happen to him. So he's, he's hiding in the cave, he's discouraged, he's frustrated and then all of a sudden in the midst of his discouragement, in the midst of his fear, God shows up. And so to be very upfront this morning, here's what I want you all to hear right now in this moment, that if God is gonna call us to do things that are gonna make us uncomfortable and we are gonna step out in obedience, can I tell you that there is never a faithful servant of God that has not stepped out in obedience to God that doesn't face opposition, that doesn't face difficulty, that doesn't face things that seem virtually impossible. So as long as we can be upfront with that, if you, if me, if we as a church are being obedient to God, can I tell you right now, difficult times are coming. We are going to face opposition. We're going to have hurdles that we've got to cross. But what I love about the faithfulness of God is that even in that discouragement, even in the frustration, 
That's when God shows up. That's when God showed up in Elijah's life and gave him his next assignment, if you would. So if you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn to 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19, and we're only gonna look at three verses today. And so this assignment that, uh, that God is going to give Elijah is he's going to, to give him the assignment of anointing Elisha to basically pass the baton of who's to carry on this ministry, who's to carry on what he's been called to do. So in 1 Kings chapter 19, I want you to read with me in verses 19 through 21. So he, talking about Elijah, he departed from there, the cave where God had met him. From there he found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, while he was plowing with his 12 pair of oxen before him. And he with the 12th, and Elijah passed over to him and threw his mantle on him. He left the oxen and he ran after Elijah and he says, please let me kiss my father and my mother and then I will follow you. And he said to him, go back again for what I have done to you. So he, he returned from following him and he took the pair of oxen and he sacrificed them and he boiled their flesh with the implements of the oxen and he gave it to the people and they ate. Then he arose and he followed Elijah and he ministered to him. There's several things that we're gonna pull from this that I think that every follower of Christ can relate to in this room today. And the first thing that we notice is that Elisha was comfortable. Elisha was doing his everyday responsibilities. We see there that he was farming. He was plowing the fields. And if you know anything about farming, many of us do or you may not know, there's a lot of routine in farming. There's a lot of things. You get up at the same time. You have the list of chores. You have all of the things that you must accomplish every single day. So farming would be looked at as in many cases as very, very routine. And so what we already noticed is that even in Elijah's routine, in his regular day-to-day -day basis, God showed up and changed everything. Elijah was very focused on what he was doing. And I think we can all relate to him in the fact that it's very easy to be comfortable in our routine. It's very easy to be comfortable in doing what we do every single day. We wake up, we get ready, we go to work. Many of us do this Monday through Friday, many do it Monday through Sunday, and then it's almost just push, repeat, and start it all over again. But my prayer is this. is that for many of us to be awakened from our routine in 2023. Because if we're not careful, it can become very routine just in coming to Chestnut Mountain Church. Just to show up on Sunday to check a box and then do it all again next week. And so here's what my prayer has been this week as I have prepared this. And, and I want you to hear me out when I say this. I have prayed that Chestnut Mountain Church becomes a place of uncomfort. 
You say, well, Brian, we want everybody to be welcomed. Yes, we want everybody to be welcomed. But I also want everybody to be challenged. I want everybody to be pursuing what God has called them to do. And if we're pursuing what God has called us to do, if we're being obedient with the direction that God is leading us, I guarantee you, you will be uncomfortable. And so I pray that Chestnut Mountain Church becomes a place of uncomfort. And I pray that God leads us, that God leads you in a direction that's not normal, that's not routine. But as we're led in that direction, it's gonna be tough. You're gonna be very uncomfortable. You're gonna be stretched. But here's what I love. I want you to notice what we're gonna see next. We see that Elijah was comfortable, but I want you to look at what God does with comfort. Look at what God does with comfort. In verse 19, we read towards the very end of it. And Elijah passed over to him, talking about Elijah, and he threw his mantle on him. This mantle or this cloak, some of your Bibles probably say, would have been a, a large, loose-fitting garment that was made with, with animal hair or made with animal fur. And so this, this garment or this cloak or this mantle would have been very heavy. It would have been very uncomfortable to have it laid upon you. And what scholars relate this to is the symbolism, how it was very symbolic to the weight of what was being passed on to Elijah from Elijah. That understanding that this responsibility, this passing of this baton came with a lot of weight, came with a lot of response that was going to be needed. And so what this was also very symbolic to was what we would now refer to as a result of Christ's coming and the resurrection and the Holy Spirit is this would have been representation of the Holy Spirit of God being on someone. And so we see the parallel, we see the symbolism. And, and in Luke chapter three, verse 22, this is when Jesus was baptized. We see that the Spirit of God rested on him like a dove. This is the same concept because God looked at his son and said, this is whom I'm pleased with. What you have to understand today as a child of God, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, this is the very thing that is upon you. The presence of a holy and a righteous God resides in you and resides all around you. And what we have to understand as his church is that's a big responsibility. That we are carriers of the presence of a holy and a righteous God. And just like this cloak, it's a very weighty thing to carry. There's a lot of responsibility, but the beauty of it is, is God has chosen you. God has selected you for this work, for this ministry, for what he wants to accomplish. And so the very thing that God has given you He's given it you, given it to you to accomplish something. He's given you his power to accomplish his work. 
given you his power to accomplish his work. Because we know that we're gonna be faced with opposition. We know that we're gonna be faced with being uncomfortable. And we know that the only way that things are gonna get accomplished that God calls us to is through his power and through his spirit. I don't wanna be a part of anything that we can accomplish in our flesh. I wanna be a part of something that only God can get credit for. You know, I received a gift over this Christmas break from Miss Alicia Gray. Very unexpected, and it was a photo album that had been put together. Because as many of you probably know, we've just finished our fifth year of God calling us here to Chestnut Mountain, and, and basically it was five years in a photo album. And I sat in my living room that morning, flipping through this book. And so many times I would see things. And I would see things that at some point in that journey seemed impossible. It seemed that there was no way. And then what was always funny is, is I remember that when we would talk about some of these things, whether it would be with the elders or whether it would be with the staff or even with you, a lot of times it was met with no way. There's no way that'll happen. That's not a very smart move. Even me, I would say, God, What? There's no way that's gonna work. So to make myself feel better, I would begin to research things. Research these decisions and the timing of these decisions. And you guess what the research said? Don't do it. But the Holy Spirit of God said, are you gonna trust me or are you gonna trust statistics? But I look back now and all I can see is the fingerprint of God's faithfulness. And God's faithfulness is so much louder than the negative critics. God's faithfulness is so much louder than a statistic. And I even look back and I see things that God has done in these past five years. And I'm like, the only way this works is through the power of God. There's no explanation. There's no rhyme or reason. Things that we've done have been completely against the grain. And when I say we've done them, I'm talking about this staff, this team, this group of elders because you know, the greatest wisdom out there is to call other pastors. Hey, will this work? Nope, it won't work, don't try it. I've been there, done that. And I'm like, man, but this is what God's leading us to do. God is always faithful. God is always faithful. 
but us pursuing that faithfulness of God, it's not always easy. It's not always fun. But you know, I think that we can all agree that there's something special here. It's not a person, it's not a band, it's not a greeter, it's not a ministry, it's not a small group. Church, can I tell you that it's the presence of an almighty God? That's what's special. And if I could ever challenge you with one thing, it would be this, don't take it for granted. Don't take it for granted. This cloak, this mantle, you can feel it. And I don't know about you, but one thing that we always need to keep in mind is to be humbled that the presence of God resides here. We've done nothing to deserve it. We've done nothing to earn it. And it's funny that Jared gets up and reads the Psalms he was reading this morning because I was praying through Psalm 70 and Psalms 100 this morning at home and all it was was the thankfulness of God the thankfulness of his presence, the thankful of his, of, his, of his refuge, of his safety, of his protection, of all who God is. But church, we've got to be in that place where we stay humbled with that. Because one thing I'll guarantee you is that if we wanna start doing church our way, God will say, all right, you want it your way? You can have it. My hand's off. And can I tell you, church, that don't end so well. So let's always be humbled that that cloak or that mantle of God's presence is resting on us. But we see that that's what God did when we're comfortable. He, he laid this, this mantle over Elijah or over Elisha, when he was comfortable, when he was in his routine, and all of a sudden when this mantle laid upon him, he became very uncomfortable. So we asked the question, what did Elisha do with this uncomfort? What did he do with this uncomfort? In verse 20, we read what he did. It said he left then, he left the oxen and he ran to Elijah. Now, I've told you before, I ask a lot of weird questions when I read scripture. When we think about Elijah, we see that he's ending the end of his ministry. He's approaching the end of his ministry. So we would be led to believe he's a pretty old fella. And so here he is walking by Elisha with this mantle or this cloak, and he, he casts it upon him. He throws it upon him. And so remember, it's weighty, it's heavy, it's awkward, it's uncomfortable, so why in the world did Elisha have to run after him? 
Because if we're in the process of this routine and all of a sudden something blindsides us, we look immediately and there it is. So why did he have to run? Well, this is open for speculation. This is open for for assumptions. And I think that there's several things that we can draw from that is, is why did he have to run? Could it have been that Elijah was so hung up on his routine that he didn't even notice what was going on around him? They didn't even notice the presence of God that had been placed upon him because he was so tunnel visioned on the routine of life and what he was supposed to be doing. And I think we can all agree that we can't afford to be so focused on the routine of doing church that we miss the presence of God. I am so thankful that I get to step behind a worship team every week that is sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And I wish you could be in the production meetings before church starts. Because when Pastor Brandon says things like, we're just, we're just gonna let God lead. I don't really know how we're gonna land this, but we're, gonna, we're just gonna be sensitive. I don't ever wanna be a part of a church that is not sensitive to what the presence of God is doing, to where the presence of God is leading us. And I can promise you there's a lot of churches out there that if they saw our times, if they saw how we stepped things out, this would be an absolute train wreck in their mind. But I love being a part of a train wreck because it's the presence of God that usually wrecks our schedule. Church, don't ever take that for granted. Don't ever be so focused on our routine that we miss the movement of God. Another reason that he could have ran was was Elijah so overwhelmed with humility of what had just been placed upon him? Because the truth is, is he knew exactly what this cloak meant. He knew exactly the responsibility that had been placed upon him. So I have to ask the question, did Elijah in that moment realize that this is a representation of the Spirit of God resting on me? There's a lot of weight. There's a lot of responsibility. But God, I am so unqualified to carry this mantle. I'm so unqualified to carry this cloak. Where we have to be so very careful in being obedient to God is we can't let our inadequacies in the world's eyes paralyze us from walking in obedience to the one who's called us. We can't let the world, we can't let the enemy be louder than the one who's called us. Did Elijah struggle with the concept of there's no way God can use a lowly farmer like me? There's no way God can use just this every teen, everyday routine blue collar worker. Can I tell you, church, that's stuff that I struggle with every single day? God, there's no way you can use an old PE teacher from Davis Middle School. 
God, there's no way. I don't have the training. I don't have all the education. But what God reminds me of, he says, I don't want all that. I want an obedient heart. That's all I want. Is I want a servant of God who will turn his ear to me and listen. And when I speak, you better step. When I speak, you better respond. And that's what Elijah ended up doing. Once he realized what had taken place, once he realized what had been placed upon him, we see that he responded and he ran after him. Here's what I wanna challenge you with. Here's where I wanna ask you this question this morning. As we step into 2023, will you run after what God is calling you to do? Will you run after what God is placing in front of you? Don't be paralyzed with inadequacies. Don't be so focused on the routine. But when the Spirit of God speaks, I encourage you as a child of God, you run after what he's calling you to do. No matter how crazy it may sound. And we see that when he got to Elijah, he asked him the question, he said, can I go back? Can I go back and tell my family bye? And, and it's really hard to understand, but when we break down the original language and, and what's actually being communicated here, Elijah gives him the permission to go back, but he basically tells him, he says, yes, you can go back, but don't you dare forget what just happened. Don't you forget what just took place. Don't you forget that the cloak has been placed upon you. Don't go back and get distracted by your family. Don't go back and let your family talk you into not being obedient. Don't you go back to doing the routine. Don't forget what has just taken place. Don't forget what God's called you to do. And what you hear in this is you hear my heart for community. Because what Elijah is doing for Elisha is he's holding him accountable. He's holding him accountable for what God has instructed him to do. And church, this is the very reason that we need each other. Is to hold each other accountable. I want people around me who are gonna hold me accountable. And I'm asking you as your pastor today, you all have permission to hold me accountable. And what I mean by that is I want you to constantly remind me that God has not called me to be comfortable. God has not called us as a church to be comfortable. And so if we enter a season of comfort, I encourage you, call me. And say, Pastor, are we walking in comfort? Or are we walking in obedience? That's the reason that we need community. That's the reason that we need each other is so that we will make sure that we're all walking in what God has called us to do.
We've got to hold each other accountable. We've got to hold each other accountable in our obedience to the one who's called us. But in order for God to use us as he calls us, we can also take note of what Elijah did. Not only did he go back and tell his family goodbye, not only did he go back and probably tell them where he was headed and what he was doing, but he left behind what was normal. He went back and he left behind the routine. We see in verse 21, so he returned from following him and he took the pair of oxen and he sacrificed them and he boiled their flesh with the implements of the oxen and he gave it to the people and they ate it. Then he arose and he followed Elijah and he ministered to him. See, what Elisha did in that moment is he took, he took his identity. He was a farmer. He was identified by these plows, these oxen, these supplements that he used. That's who he was. But he knew that in obedience to God that he had to leave all that behind. That he had to step away from what was normal, from what he had always done. And we see that he offered it and he said, I'm done with this because my obedience to God is gonna call me in a different direction. It's gonna call me out of a normal life. It's gonna call me out of the routine and I've gotta be ready to leave it behind. What I love about the fact that he burned it is he couldn't go back if he wanted to. It wasn't there anymore. It was done with. And so there's some of you in this room this morning that that you need to leave behind what is normal. What Elisha did is the very thing that Jesus asked all of us to do. Deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. When we break down that word deny, I've shared this before, the, in the original language, that word deny yourself means that you live as if you don't exist. That's boldness. That's obedience. And so for some of you, God is gonna call you to leave behind the normalcy, to leave behind the routine. But in that, guess what you've gotta do? You've gotta live as if you don't exist and you've gotta live with an obedient heart to do what the Holy Spirit of God is calling you to do. And it's to be uncomfortable. What is God calling you to do in 2023 that is gonna stretch you? You know, a very simple task, a very simple task that maybe we can all begin with is that at the end of this month, on January 29th, we're gonna have what we call Welcome Home Sunday. And the heart behind that is for you to recognize people that maybe have strayed from the fellowship, that haven't been in church. Maybe they don't believe. And what we're gonna ask you to begin doing is ask God to reveal to you who those individuals that God would have you invite here on January 29th. Who are they? And can I tell you that when I go back to when we did this last year, 
God placed people on my heart that made me very, very uncomfortable. And so maybe that's the first baby step for all of us is that you begin today praying, God, who would you have me invite? Who would you have me invite? And here's the reality. If in your mind, right when the Spirit of God lays that name on your heart and it's met with a no way, can I tell you right now, that's all the affirmation that you need that it's the Spirit of God leading you to invite that person. I'm just telling you the truth. But the question I would ask all of us today is that as God is leading you in the direction for 2023, are you gonna run to it? Are you willing to lay behind the routine? You know, and maybe this is the best place to start today. And I think we've, I think we've started this way every year since God's called us here. But what does it look like this morning if we gather with our families and we ask the Spirit of God, God, make our family uncomfortable this year with obedience to you. God, call us to do things that are out of the routine. God, call us to, to give like we've never given. God, call us to serve like we've never served. God, call us to go like we've never gone. Or you know, maybe, maybe something out of the box is for God to be calling you to be a part of what he's doing here. Maybe God's calling you to be a part of of the ministry that he's putting together here. And you say, well, Al, I've, I've been a member of this church my whole life. I've been a member of so-and-so church my whole life. It sure would be awkward to change churches. <laughs> Remember what I said. It's probably a lot of the affirmation that you need that that's where God's calling you. But what does obedience look like in 2023? And so this morning as we respond, maybe our first response today is just to say, God, here's our calendar. Here's our calendar for 2023. Wreck it. Wreck my calendar for 2023. I won't tell you the last time our staff did that was when COVID hit. <laughs> you think I'm kidding. I said, look, we're wiping everything off the calendar this year. We're not gonna do anything out of routine. Ha, well, two weeks later, the church shut down. So we didn't do anything out of routine. So be careful. <laughs> but be obedient. 
because it's not always gonna be easy. It's not always gonna be fun. But can I tell you, the sweetest place to walk is in obedience to the one who died for you. And so maybe our response this morning is simply, you gather with your family in the altar. You gather with your family in your seats. You, you gather with a friend group that's just around you. And you say, God, just stretch us in 2023. And I promise you, God's never going to call you to do something that he won't be faithful to see it through. He's gonna give you his power to do his work. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you made a decision or if you have any questions about salvation or anything about this Christian journey, one of our pastors would love to connect with you. So to connect and find out what your next steps are, go to our website at chestnutmountain.org slash next steps and there will be a form for you to fill out so one of our pastors can connect with you. We also want you to do three things right now. Number one, leave a review on this podcast. Tell us what you think. And also, a review allows us to reach even more people. Number two, subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already so you don't miss an episode during the week. And number three, we want you to go check out our Chestnut Mountain Church YouTube channel. So maybe there's some visuals in this episode that you couldn't see but wanted to see. And that's why we have video versions of these episodes along with other content not featured on this podcast right now on our YouTube channel. Lastly, we invite you to join us live for worship on Sunday mornings in person at 9 o'clock or 1045 a.m. Eastern Standard Time or online at 1045 as well. Learn more about us on our website at chestnutmountain.org. And don't forget to follow us on social at chestnutmtn underscore for more encouragement and to see all what God is doing in and through CMC. We love you, we're praying for you, and we'll see you next time.